not heroes. It's just a podcast. We're not heroes. We're doing this for fun. We're not heroes. It's just a podcast. We're not heroes. What are you fucking dumb? Good morning and welcome to Chapman and Robin. I'm Max Peterson. And I'm Bird. And now we haven't done this. <laughs> months we just opened the show but i forgot to i forgot how our intro went because we haven't done it in so long oh my god sorry did that make a ton of noise horrible. yeah it's fine though uh, it actually didn't make a ton of noise just okay. a little, little bit of clunking clunk yeah so um uh i've been i've been hit with a a bevy of of uh, text messages and facebook messages wondering why we haven't had a podcast up in you guys suck like a hundred years we you pretty much yeah we're unfriending you on facebook mostly our family <laughs> most of our family was like i if i can't listen to you guys talk about dicks and comics then then i don't want to talk to you at all yeah no. i'm sure that's uh, true. our good friend and uh, one one time guest adam lau was the the straw that broke the camel's back he's like listen man i'm driving to pennsylvania next week and i don't have anything to listen to <coughs> and i was like yeah, yeah it's only been like a couple <laughs> couple of weeks since we got into the into the chat cave but no it's been we haven't done one since like August or something like that you're right i forgot how to drink coffee mm, coffee down the wrong see we haven't done the podcast in so long we haven't drank coffee since august so uh that's not true as we do every week i ask you what's up um what's new i mean come on mm, you, you can't just say ben working because we haven't done a podcast since the well, summer well, yeah, but I mean, now we're going into the holiday season at work and people are starting to get really shitty. Mm. So that's super fun. So you're getting the, the holiday shitty people? Yeah. Full of Christmas cheer and cuntiness? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it, you you normally think of like the holiday season as like the season of goodwill and, you know, goodwill to your fellow man and, oh, family love and like charity. Yeah. No. It's like that uh, that woman you, Just were, no. woman you were telling me about the other day who came in to bitch at you and was like, I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving, but you <sighs> fucking suck at everything you do, you fucking useless whore. Like, it was, and then I came home and cried. <laughs> she yeah. did. She came home. It was. I was wondering why she was so... She was like emotionally destroyed when she got home. And I was like, what, what I was just happened? so mad. Babe, are you all right? She's I, just like, she ugh. wished me... And the big thing for you was she wished me a happy Thanksgiving. No, it was that she was fake nice yeah it's not that she wished me a happy thanksgiving it's that she was fake <laughs> nice about it to like make me feel guilty which yeah. it didn't make me feel guilty it it's just made, made me mad yeah well you know i mean they say that christmas time is the the highest time the highest rate of suicides <laughs> happens in december doesn't it around the christmas all around the holidays people kill themselves more around the holidays because they can't deal with all the tinsel and the fake niceness I don't know about that no, that, that that's one hundred percent true. Really? Yeah, I, I most um, I grew up hearing that all the time. Of course, everything I most grew college up hearing. students kill themselves in uh, springtime. Really? Why? Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. is what's going on in springtime for uh, for is it finals finals in spring maybe right before summer? All that stress, maybe I don't know. Hmm. And then there's graduation, so like maybe, or maybe that's when you know price of alcohol goes up and <laughs> they can't do as many keg stands on the weekends oh. as they want to. Womp womp. Okay. No, you know, I was anyway. just thinking like everything. I guess the things that I I can't just go around saying like, yeah, I grew that. Uh, or I grew up hearing that, so that's that's true. Because I also yeah, it's true. I also grew up hearing like <laughs> you know, um, 
<laughs> like gay people are bad and uh <laughs> um the gay agenda yeah they're the gay agenda and like we're every women with short hair are lesbians you know every war america fights is justified and yeah women with, <laughs> women with short hair are lesbians is actually a big one because when i first met you uh, i automatically assumed that you were a lesbian mm-hmm. because you had short hair so there is that you know so maybe i oh, thanks trin Oh, what's she doing? She's licking her butthole. <laughs> yep. Well, we try and keep it classy here. <laughs> Clearly. So, uh, anything else? Anything other uh, other new stuff? Yeah. We just signed up for work. we just signed up for the maintain don't gain challenge. Yeah. That's it's being Woo-hoo. operated by NMU, the school that we just um, you know, did we we just signed that petition about NMU not too long ago. But we I did say we weren't going to talk about politics. So, um, we um, signed up for. We can totally talk about that. All right, go for it. Explain the situation for those at home. Oh, geez. Okay, so um, recently, like a couple weeks ago, NMU sent out an email mm-hmm. to select students. Um, twelve, right? Eleven or twelve? Twelve or fourteen students. Um. And it was basically telling them that if they were having suicidal thoughts, uh, self-harming, etc., that they had better not be talking to other students about it. Um, threaten or or them. faculty members. Um, I didn't. I don't remember. It did. The saying. email also said uh, they shouldn't be mm. talking to um, their fellow students or faculty members. Um, it threatened like disciplinary action. Uh, they needed to go see a professional only. They needed I, to go we see should health clarify services. That. It said that there would be disciplinary action, like if they involved another student in their in their uh, suicidal or harmful thoughts. So, like, if you basically the or gist actions. of it, the gist of it is, <clears throat> if you're depressed and you're feeling like you're cornered and you don't have anyone to talk to and you're, you know, and you just you just need to get it off your chest and you're feeling depressed and you need to talk to somebody, you better not talk to anybody. Or you'll be facing disciplinary action. That was the gist of yeah, it. Yeah, which involved even like being kicked out of school. Yeah. Did you see the uh, um, Did you see the interview with the um, the rep from NMU? The guy who was talking about it on the news. I, I read. He came across the as such a fucking idiot asshole. Like yeah, like. He's like he's just sitting behind his desk, like all you know, fucking corpulent, middle-aged, fat, privileged man who's never had a sad thought in his life, you know, because he hasn't had a thought in his life. <laughs> sitting behind his desk, and they're like, he's like, well, you know, we uh, we had parents. Uh, we, had- we get calls from parents. Why is my child doing Why mental is- health services for their roommate? Yeah, and well. That- Oh my god, that makes that is infuriating me. Like, and he's back there. Yeah, exactly. He's like, we've we've had calls from parents wondering why their children are performing mental health services for their uh, for their roommates, and those parents are. F- th- I mean, oh, I'm not gonna keep saying that the the super harsh profanity because I'm gonna try and dial it back and class the podcast up a little bit. But those parents are, they are definitely of of our. Our generation, they're getting that mindset of that millennial mindset, that offended by everything mindset. I swear to God, these two things are linked. Mm. Because ten years ago, when your roommate was sad and like, you know, like I'm really depressed, you're like, oh, right on, man. We're now having a human conversation. Let me let me talk to you and deal with this. Nowadays, mm. it's like my daughter does not have an advanced degree in psychiatry. She should not be being forced to perform mental health service. Well, since when is talking to a human, uh, talking to another person, performing you know, mental that, health? services that might not even be the language that the parents used but that's the language that this representative of nmu was using like maybe parents were like hey my kid's roommate 
has might be dealing with depression and is having the suicidal suicidal thoughts and is talking to my kid about it and you know i'm not i'm not okay with that you know i thought there was something set up within the university for them to go to you know Mm. i you know blah 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 and then that translated to mental health services in this interview with this guy well i found out that nmu i found out yesterday that nmu has more um, on-campus arrests for drugs and alcohol than any college in Michigan. Really? Yeah. <laughs> they're really. They're apparently we're not even like one of the hardest partying schools. They're apparently in like Michigan. they have like super strict. Now I, I heard that from a friend, so I haven't like fact checked online oh. or anything. But it is one of my uh, my friends with intelligence. It's a friend with a brain. One of those friends. Uh, it's one of my brain friends. As brain friends. <laughs> it's one of my brain friends. Yeah, but. Uh, like my dad was telling me about Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor apparently has, or U of M, University of mm-hmm. Michigan, apparently has like an under the table kind of deal, an unspoken agreement with the Ann Arbor police. Yeah. That um, on campus in Ann Arbor, marijuana is decriminalized. Unofficially, oh. unofficially. Like the, uh-huh. the cops won't fuck with students who are smoking weed. Right. Because I, I'm assuming it's because um, Ann Arbor doesn't want the stigma of a bunch of drug busts on their campus. Sure. But in return, the, you know, the, you know, let's go blue. The They have really strict laws about where you can party. If you're partying on your property, you're being loud, the cops leave you alone. If you're smoking weed on your property, on, on campus or whatever, mm-hmm. cops leave you alone. But if you step onto the sidewalk, they'll arrest you that's like how the the deal works um so how do they handle like noise complaints and that sort of thing um on on campus i I think it's kind of i mean like in like the frat houses and that sort of thing i don't know Mm. um i just remember dad i remember talking to dad and he was like yeah um you know the the college does a lot for um the police department and the police department in return kind of leaves the the, the hmm. weed thing alone so that they don't have you know drug busts on the news sure. all the time but nmu sure. is in the opposite spectrum they're just fucking dude the more the, now that i'm out of that school and i'm you know because when i was in at nmu you'd get all the emails from nmu like let's go wildcats blah 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 now that i'm out i feel like i've seen more and more stuff when you're in there you're like oh here we are on nmu and you become go cats. Pa- yeah you become part of that yeah it like permeates your brain and you become part of that like right. ecosystem. But the moment you're out, I you was start... never one of those students. I was ne- really like involved. I think I'm, I went to like less than five sporting events. I went to my entire I went to less career. than two. I went to one sporting event while I was there. <laughs> but, um, you know, like while I was there, it was all like uh, English. Like I was doing all my English classes and I was really focused on my studies. So mm-hmm. I didn't really pay attention to the other issues. And also right. when I was in college, I was straight edge. So right, yeah. I didn't really engage with all this. I was like, oh, these people who are using uh, um, restricted substances should be punished to the full extent of the law. <laughs> bravo, officer. Bravo. You know, like now that I'm mm-hmm. out, I keep seeing stuff where they're like, you know, punishing students for ridiculous things. And, and anyway, we sort really of, shitty. yeah. Anyway, yeah, back, but, uh, so there was a petition. I don't know if it's still available. It's on my Facebook Probably. Wall. Um, I think it was on change.org. All right, maybe I'll, I'll take a note real quick to <clears throat> um, link in the podcast. Anyway, uh, started by the students, as far as I know, uh, there was a petition mm-hmm. to, um, to have, have NMU change, change the, that way, yeah, the way that they handle mental health services. What are you eating? What'd you find? Anyway, um... Yeah, so I mean, people were pretty outraged by this, and oh. I, I think rightly so because what we've. Um... Sorry, she got the eye out of Domo. Oh, is it one of the glass eyes? 
We've always had a major yeah, problem with plastic. trying to be in the room just, during a podcast. She likes hard plastic. Um, I couldn't get it out with scissors. I, so what just, like to? I mean, we understand this situation's obviously screwed up. But do you think? What do you? I want to get your opinion because I don't think you've ever really talked to me about it. What's your opinion on this? Um, this culture that's offended by everything. This sort of like modern society where people are offended by everything. Because I can see some pros, that but is more. That is a whole can of worms. Um, and I don't think that that's really the problem here. No, I'm, I'm not talking about the enemy thing anymore. Ugh, I, don't, I, I don't know if I want to get into that. All right. Well, we'll um, I guess we'll just gloss over it then. I have a major problem with it. But, <laughs> but um, so the we both signed the petition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Mariah was the one who pointed it out to me first. I think she was the one who posted on my... I think I got it from one of my coworkers. Yeah. Uh, And I posted it and then shared it. Maybe it was you. I I think I posted... Yeah, I think I got it from Mariah. And uh, she was also the one who sent me the email. Did you see the email about LSD? Oh, my God. I just laughed my ass off when I heard when about that. Like, whatever. And Campus PD sent out an email to all Jesus. the students about, like, <laughs> some... Oh, LSD is so scary, blah, blah, blah. It's a dangerous and drug. I just, my whole reaction to that was, like, whatever. I, I understand that um, there are... Um, a lot of drug users up here, a lot of hard drug users. Um, and there's definitely concern about, um, like, bath salts and meth up here. I haven't here. heard anything about bath salts um, in a long time. Not lately, but... Meth, um, I've been hearing a lot about. Meth huge. I actually um, know some people who do meth. It's kind of spooky. So I, I don't... I, fucking LSD is not, not the problem. Uh, knowing where you're getting your drugs... And what you're actually taking mm-hmm. is the real problem. Yeah. Like, really? That's why I think the, the regulation really? is so important. But yeah, like, I think that's a, a distinction. <sighs> that's an interesting distinction that you just made the hard drugs as opposed to quote unquote soft drugs. Well, I mean, there's, there's like psychedelics that you can't really. <sighs> I mean, Sorry, like, what, gross. what happens if you take too much LSD? You get high as fuck. <laughs> well, the first time they gave LSD to an elephant, it died. <laughs> that's an elephant um i don't know i mean i know people who i don't think i know I've people who take heard. there's the the one thing that i heard was uh one of my friends was at like a some like rave or something and their friend took a whole strip and apparently <laughs> um which is for those of you at home it's Jesus. like i think it's like eight or ten hits which is insane but um yeah apparently that person still has like um they described it as PTSD. Mm, this is yeah. uh, this is one of the Katies I used to know. Her friend. Anyway, her friend has like LSD PTSD from that that trip because it was so, you know, intense. But like you know. But like if you were taking like one hit or two hits. Yeah, like you're you gonna can just trip your balls. When off people are like, then... you know, you can easily overdose and die. Well, you can mm-hmm. overdose and die from alcohol. That is a way bigger problem. <laughs> yeah. Than kids tripping on acid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I completely agree. But, like, well, the, just the numbers totally support you, too. Alcohol kills more people than, or other than tobacco. Alcohol kills this more is, people. This is, this is like, the weed thing for me. Yeah. Alice, the, do, you, do psychedelics fall in that same category for you? Like, yeah. fuck it, who cares? Yeah, like, shrooms, let, shrooms whatever. LSD. Well, okay, now what about the, uh, the sort of borderline psychedelics, like um, mescaline 
or mm. or ecstasy. Uh, X freaks me out a little bit. Yeah, because it, I don't know if I would ever do it. Because it's hard for you to uh, your body can't regulate your your temperature yeah. anymore. Yeah. yeah. See, I had a discussion the other day with a f- oh, man. I hate <laughs> I hate talking about drugs because I never name any of my friends. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't know if they'd want me to tell. No, that probably would not be a good idea. But yeah, I was saying the other day, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm really, I really, you know, I don't, I'm not bothered by psychedelics. I think psychedelics are really cool. And he was like, oh, you've got to try mescaline, man. And I was like, is, <laughs> is that a psychedelic? It seems to, I don't know, like they mentioned it in the Matrix. That's the first time I heard of mescaline, remember? Oh, mescaline? And first the, time I heard about it was in um, uh, Domino. Really? Yeah. When was... When, did, when who's taking mescaline and domino? They like trip their balls off driving mm. somewhere, and then she does. The old lady um, doses their coffee with mescaline. Yes, and then Tom Waits shows up. <laughs> Tom Waits shows up and starts preaching. Oh. Um, no, I remember it from the Matrix when Neo answers his door and he's like, "Do you ever feel like you're living in a dream?" And the guy goes, "Yeah, it's called mescaline. It's the only way of life." <laughs> I love that, dude. The first Matrix movie is really good. So, from drugs to health news, I wanted to get back to the maintain don't gain challenge okay. to see if yeah, we could we talk did a about huge loop there. I know it's all right that we're you know these are our first bumpy, our first bumpy tripping, stumbling, drunken steps back into They're podcasting. Always that way though. No, not so really. We used to be really good and fluid, but that was when we were doing it regularly. We were getting our pod. Doing it regularly. Oh yeah. Oh, we were getting our yeah. and now we're in a long drought dry patch <laughs> <laughs> months without anything at all. Womp, womp. But um yeah, when we were getting our podcast reps in, man, we had a tight show. It was t- hot, tight and wet. Mm. Anyway, um mm. what are we what's the diet we are going to try this week? Um I call it the Spartacus uh, diet. It's also the 300 diet. So I've gotten to a point in um in my training mm. is that what we're calling it training oh yeah man it makes you sound way more fucking hardcore than like <laughs> the exercise i've been doing i'm like not seeing the results you gotta be like my training is sort of plateaued oh my god i have to show you the funniest photo speaking okay. of that and a video actually all right the the like the fake gym girl mm-hmm. anyway so i've gotten to a point working out where um i just want to cut that last little bit of weight fat. so i can fat you want to cut that last cut bit of that fat. last little bit of fat yeah so um i have really good definitions so there's the i think of it as like the wrestler's diet okay um, well you you knew a wrestler who did this diet <coughs> yeah i was actually on this diet when you met me not intentionally it's just what i was eating mm. but. so like chicken breasts broccoli every day for every that's meal that's what it. we're doing <laughs> i yeah take vitamins so. Well, I do that anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try it for a week. I'm probably going to hate it for a week. It sucks. I ate... Um, Shitty today uh, and yesterday. A pint of fish food. Not so actual a- fish food. Ben and Jerry's fish food. <laughs> PH. Fish food. <laughs> I, got my, uh, I got my fish food fix Stop in it. before I had to eat the gross food. Did she get the other eyeball off Domo? No, it's the back part. Oh. But yeah, um, we went and got our pints of Ben and Jerry's last night. Pounded them. Oh, watched which NCIS. I totally regretted. Really, I, I didn't I'm regret sorry, it at I took all. Your little plastic thing away. Oh my god! The, really? I got the Tonight Dough. That's the new flavor. The uh, Jimmy Fallon signature Ben and Jerry's flavor. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> Caramel and chocolate ice cream. Every kind of cookie dough you can imagine. Fudge is in it. Chocolate chunks and. <laughs> 
I'm pretty sure like <laughs> God's ejaculate is just oh, oh God, it oh. was so good. I went it, it got all over my beard and I just left it there so I could keep smelling it as I slept. Ew, it was oh <laughs> you are so gross. Oh I rubbed I was licking the container and I rubbed the lid all over my chest. Oh, it was incredible. Go and get a pint if you don't give a shit about yourself. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of calories in it, but yeah, we're gonna do Whoa, we're gonna okay. try the How chicken the chicken and broccoli diet for a week. See if we can cut that last little bit of fat and uh, become <sighs> ripped Adonis like gods. Although you know what, my back has been a little fucked up lately, so I haven't been in the gym. Been doing a lot of yoga. Um. Anyway, the maintain don't gain. Right. The starts, sign up for that is passed. Right. I I can't link to I that anymore. Think so. Okay. Um. Yeah, what actually is the date today? I don't even know. Today's the 22nd? 23rd. No, 22nd. Today's the 22nd. Okay, well, the Maintain No Gain Challenge actually starts tomorrow and runs through the 8th of January. January? Yes. That long? Yes. Wow. Oh, because it has to go through the Christmas season, too. Right. Well, what is the Maintain No Gain Challenge? It's basically, like, keep your workout, keep your diet on track. Uh Um, It's not a lose weight. It's just, like... Don't get just fatter. Just stay good. Yeah. <laughs> Behave um, yourself. Just stay where you're at. Um, and it's going to have uh, a weekly challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get like cool informational health articles and stuff to our email. A little bit of cheerleading, I'm assuming. Probably. Like, you guys are doing great. Um, and uh, stop. What was that? It was just this little thing. Um, they don't care. They we don't care. joined as a team. We did. The, the, do you wanna do you wanna give our, our team name? We are the swole mates. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. I was I was sad to, oh my god, get off that. <laughs> Sorry, Trinity was laying on our power strip on the power button. So she may have just it's everything's still running, but if she had just leaned on it wrong, she would have cut the whole Boop. podcast off. We're done. Oh my God! Anywho, yeah, she always keeps it interesting in here. But yeah, so we are uh, we're gonna start that tomorrow. Today I ate six pieces of Trinary toast for oh breakfast. My God. I'm gonna eat. I'm just loading up. We got pizza on Friday. Like we don't give a shit. We're just we're bulking. That was that was the last hurrah. Yeah, we we're finished with our last hurrah. Now it's chicken, broccoli, and sadness for every meal from now on. Well, that's what I'm eating. I'm gonna eat a couple of different things because. <sighs> Trinity. Oh my god, that was disgusting. I should have done it straight into the mic and blown the mic out with it. Yeah, then I'd be smelling my burp for the rest of the podcast. You're disgusting. <laughs> I know. So, do you want to get the uh you know, get the, this Marlin update out of the way? People keep asking me. Yes. We might as well. Um shoot ourselves. Everyone keeps telling me that they want to see vlogs, but you know, like video logs uh-huh. or whatever. But I always, I mean, I feel like a vlog, vlogging is something that sex offenders do. So I don't really want to, you know what I mean? Oh, uh, vlogs sort of seem like um, very egocentric. Because not, you know, you're giving people an update, but you want them to look at you too. Right. Look but, at how beautiful I but, am. But you know, my I'm vlog would be... I'm going to tell you all about my boring ass look. Yeah, but my vlog would be interesting because it'd be like, hey, we made a feature film and here's where it's at. I mean, I, I can see how mine would serve a purpose, but I, right. I just, I'm so bummed by everybody else's vlog where they're like, oh, so I went, okay, this morning, you guys are going to love this. Went to Starbucks, okay? <laughs> they spelled my name wrong on my cup, okay? Oh my God. And, and, and they forgot the foam on my coffee. 
fucking Starbucks is the reason why corporations in America get such a bad name. They don't even give a shit about their customers. Anyway, my baby cried this morning at 8 o'clock, you know, or whatever. So my vlog won't be like that if I do do one. Um, I have to find... The other reason I haven't done a vlog yet is because I can't find the fucking camera. Somewhere in this house... Do just do one on my iMac. Yeah, I guess I could. The camera on there. I could do that. It's not super high quality, but... Yeah. Anyway, I was thinking... I, at any rate, I have to find... Or on the, your fucking phone. I could do a phone vlog. Jesus. Yeah, it'd probably look better than that camera, too. You I was would. talking with Mike and Ryan the other day about that, and the cameras in the iPhones now shoot at the same quality as the expensive-ass cameras we shot Marlon on. I'm sure that camera <coughs> is somewhere I know, in this room. It's got to be in one of these ba- or boxes, right? <clears throat> Yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I'm hope maybe I'll do a vlog here in a couple weeks, but I figured this would be a good place to do um, a quick catch up for everybody who, because I haven't been super good about social media lately. I've been busy working on other stuff, but um, oh, she, I thought she was eating, just chewing on your foot for a second. I was like, don't let her do that. No, she's chewing her toy on top. So of here's her. where we're at. Um, do you want to do your part first or my part first? My part? Yeah, you're doing some stuff for Marlon right now. The art was some artwork stuff. Oh, yeah. So you don't want to talk about that? You want me to talk about your artwork? Uh, like what? The one thing that I'm doing, I'm making. I'm making one piece of art well, for Marlon. <coughs> Yay! You have to <coughs> shut up, Trent. Get Trin. her out of here. Get her. Go. So you have to. Oh, she's such an ass. I know. I never let her in the room ever when I'm podcasting ever. But um, yeah. I mean, you can extemporaneously. I'm not- Asshole. You could spin it out a little in. bit. You could spin it out, turn it into a story. We we the original um, artwork we had no. for Marlin doesn't work anymore because when we edited the film together, all of the scenes that had the uh, it was the Baphomet goat's head image. Baphomet was bigger in the original script and in the shooting script, but the way we mm-hmm. shot Baph- the Baphomet mask is only in the movie for maybe like five one seconds. Scene? Yeah, one yeah. scene, ten seconds. So we were like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Now, there is another thing. I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody, but there is another thing. Oh, it's the... It's, Just tell them. It doesn't matter. You don't have to make it a secret. It's the climax of the movie. Whatever, I guess. Oh. So, yeah, it, I guess it doesn't matter. I thought you were talking about the art. Yeah, the art that you're doing yeah. now? Yeah. Okay, well, fuck it. We can't talk about the art if I'm not going to spoil it, so who cares? But the, the art she's doing now is a bull skull. Um, and you know we posted pictures of an actual bull skull when, during pre-production, so who cares? But um, she's doing. Uh, we we looked back at the movie and something that does recur and is you know very important to the plot and makes more sense than like a weird obscure Christian, uh, what like demi not Christian Baphomet's a Christian mm. figure. He's often a, he's not in in oh isn't he, he? I thought he was in the Bible even. No. Baphomet's not in the Bible? I don't think so. I th- I'm pretty sure, because Kevin Smith knows about Baphomet, too, because he learned about him in Catholic school. So, anyway, um, we're doing, she's doing the... Uh, it might be, like, Gnostic myth type. N- type stuff? Christianity, quote-unquote. Okay. We'll not, have to, like, not, like, mainline Christianity. I guess I'll have to look it I, up later. For some reason, I feel like it's almost like a, uh, maybe Egyptian type. Mm-hmm. Like borrowing or something, something like that. I'd have to look it up. That's weird. Uh, it's it's a. I mean, he's a totally uh, hermaphroditic, mm-hmm. goat-headed god. Yeah. But so isn't um, Moloch is in the Bible though, right? Moloch's not in the Bible. Uh, Man, I gotta look all this shit up. I'm gonna make notes to myself. But I'm just gonna say Bible. The only place that I can mind. imagine that a Baphomet type character might occur uh, 
would be in Revelations, which would be basically like nobody cares about it. No one cares about Revelations? Revelations uh, is Aleister Crowley's favorite book of the Bible. <laughs> Sorry. Um, the color grade is done. Color correcting is oh, done. Oh, yeah. Long ago. Uh, there is still one thing I wanted to do with you on that, but it's not crucial. We're not going to oh, edit or change shit. anything anymore. done. Well, we, di- we never did the two watch-throughs. Cocksucker. So I wanted to watch through it with you okay. on the computer. So if there's any really easy Cry. fixes, just do it right now. And I wanted to do a Blu-ray watch with you. To see, because I'll bet you when we put it on an HDTV, it looks different. I want to like s- shit. I mean, maybe who knows? <laughs> but uh, so I wanted to burn a Blu-ray and watch it with you and be okay. like, okay, does this look good? Do we want to change anything? But um, and I watch it and I'm like, well, I I uh, want to change everything, every single scene. I won't let you. I'll have final say, but I'll let you sit in. Uh, so Bird is changing the... She's doing one piece of art for now. We'll see what if she wants to do anything else, and I might see if I can get some other people to do well, it. I know but. you want me to do um, album art, too, but I think for that, it'll be mostly like um, screenshots from the film. and. Well, for the cover, the cover of the stuff. album, I wanted to use the, the bull skull Fine. you're working on right now. Um, so, yeah. So we're, she's doing a t-shirt design, and she's doing the cover of the album. The album is something that I wanted to talk about about today because like i said my part of marlin is done it's cut it's color corrected and color graded it looks great so what we're doing now is audio we're in post-production audio i have a meeting with my sound guy on wednesday and i'm gonna meet with him and see <clears throat> where he is so far it sounds like uh right what we're our, what we're planning on doing is getting the soundtrack done first so i could at least get that up get it to the backers and start, you know, put it up in the online store and stuff so people can hear the soundtrack if they want to while we're working on the rest of the movie. Um, so that's that's where we are. I'm I'm kind of just sitting on my hands, kind of, you know, being playing cheerleader and sending messages and emails encouraging people. And I'm trying to collect my last two signatures. I need Alicia to sign her, Alicia and Sam need to sign their musician contracts. Shane Vincent needs to sign his actor's contract. I cannot get a hold of that guy. And he's actually in a really critical scene in the movie, too. So I'll probably hit him up again today. But other than that, um, you know, it's just it's just a time-consuming process. It's a little bit, you know, doing a little bit every day, just trying to make sure that everyone's continuing to do their thing. And audio is, is I don't understand it at all. So I'm, I'm just all at sea right now. So that is the Marlin update. And that's why I haven't been on social media. It's not really like a, well, there's not a lot to tell. Yeah. It's not like a giant announcement. I can't post anything. People are like, well, let's, let's hear some stuff. I'm like, well, I can't cause there's nothing done. Oh, well, let's see some stuff. I'm like, well, I, you already I, saw everything. you have. Well, I'm like, I could show you stuff from the color grade, but the audio quality would be so crappy. The next mm, thing that I'm going to yeah. put up if the unless the you know the soundtrack I'll put that up when it's done but the next thing I want to put up when people see Marlon next it'll be a, a trailer. trailer I want to cut a real trailer like a trailer with score with right. finished dialogue sound effects and the the final grade right. <laughs> so I want something good up I don't want to throw up like raw footage like I've been doing you know I want to give people a for real trailer and uh, so that's where Marlon is at um um. That's a lot of dead air. You got anything right now, or I'll just move on to the next topic. Let's move on. Comic books. Our bread and butter. Our big... Oh, you're making a bad face. Skipping comic books. No, Fucking I just... St- <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 
kidding. That face was. You haven't read I in a while. I really, yeah, I'm not super up to date. Well, that's okay. I mean, we can kind of talk about can, them. Yeah, we can still talk about them. And the other thing them. is, I know you've read comics in the, I think, like two and a half years since our last podcast. <laughs> so, um, yes. I got a list of all of the ones on our uh, on our pull list. So okay. I, the first one I want to start with is because I have not read the last two issues. Don't worry about spoiling them for me. I'll still enjoy them. Okay. Um, the Wicked and the Divine. This was a comic that we loved for the first five, four issues, five issues. Yeah. It was amazing right out the gate. We're up to issue 15 now, and it's been on our chopping block for... Oh, man. Maybe like four months now, five yeah. months, like since maybe I really issue nine. Just, I really should just call it because I have not been in love with it. Have you read the last two? I believe um, so. Let me take a look at the covers. We got, this is the most recent one. Um, I don't think I have read this one. But you did read this one. Uh, yes. Okay. So Bird is current up to issue 15. She has not read issue 16 yet, but um, you know, The Wicked, The Divine, I mean, I, we've talked about it on the podcast before. My dislike of the writing style and mm-hmm. how I feel like a lot of the issues are becoming lazier and lazier with just right and it's you know if you're gonna do a gimmick like the uh the Twitter gimmick from I think issue 12 yeah where she's looking at her page right if you're gonna do a, that gimmick you can give you can do a page of that and I'll be like oh, okay I see what you're doing mm-hmm. but the who's the writer again Kieran Gillen yeah his his he'll write like almost half an issue of gimmick writing. We'll get six There's not pages, a lot of dialogue. Seven there pages really of just Twitter posts. And I'm like, okay, I, I got the, the idea on page one, and now I'm reading six pages of Twitter shit because, what, you couldn't think of a 24-page story? You could think of, like, 10 pages of story, so you filled the rest. And mm-hmm. So what's... I'm talking too much. So what? tell me what you're, what you're thinking here. Because you... I asked you two weeks or two months ago if you wanted to cut the book, and you said, no, let's keep giving it a shot. Yeah. I, what kept it alive? The art was really good. And recently, in the last... Did they switch two, to a third artist now? Yeah, I think they had a fill-in artist for one issue, and, and it was then there's bad. a new... Yeah, it was the bad. fill-in artist was bad, um, but... Uh, and now they're on to a different artist. And the art... I'm sure they're a I, lovely person. ...that was in the original issues, I really enjoyed. Yes. Stylistically, mm-hmm. the coloring was beautiful. Um, so that's what really... That's that's the biggest thing in comics for me. Is the art. That's what really pulls me, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm I, of so, course I'm a writing guy myself, but I, I mean the, the story has to be good, the <laughs> yeah. dialogue has to be good. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that's that's what really kept me going was mm. this beautiful art and these like visually interesting characters. Mm. Um, the I remember the art for the first five or something was that was what drew me to the book, and I like right. writing, but the mm-hmm. art kept me coming back. the The art on the first arc or whatever mm-hmm. was beautiful. Well. It's really gone downhill in this latest the um, art arc or the writing. Everything. Yeah. The art is not as good. The writing is boring. And it's uh, wallowing. It's it's so depressing. And all of the characters that I cared about are dead. Are dead. Yeah, they kill or a lot not of characters in the in this series. Book. Um, I'm, and I understand that that's kind of um, part of the story is that the characters that we're interested in have a, a limited lifespan. Right. But 
in the last couple of issues, we've had a character die every issue. Yeah, and major and characters. Major too. characters. Um, so you're taking away the characters that that your audience is really interested in. Mm. And what do we have left? What I've seen... It's just... One thing I think about this book is the characters... Here's what happens to... And and you know what? It's not... It's not that we're losing the characters that we really care about and yeah. we're getting new We're just losing we, the big players. No, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, go ahead. It's not that we're losing the characters that we really like and we're being introduced or getting further story to the other characters that mm. we're sort of on the periphery. Right. And we're starting to care about those characters. We just don't care about anybody. Yeah. And we're losing the people that we did care about. So... What <sighs> I've found with this book is the characters, two things, one of two things happens to the good characters, the great characters characters that we love right mm-hmm. either like because i really liked um baphomet and i really liked the morrigan when i first or not even i mean they might be in this when i issue when i was first but... introduced to him i was like shit yeah these are i like these characters they're like uh-huh. doing punk music and like metal and they're all fucking hardcore and they're they're the characters that you know they're the kind of bad boys that i'm right. drawn to right and what the writing has managed to do is turn them into whiny bitches over oh, the last... so angsty. So, like, what happens is we either get a character that we love and then the writing morphs them into a character that I either dislike or don't give a shit about uh-huh. or they're killed off. Right. That, so the characters that we love die because, like, yeah, I guess uh, Gillen knows that he can get a gut reaction. Like, oh, fuck, they killed right. so-and-so. I love that. And then you're like, oh, I can't believe it. Or... Their character arc takes them to this place of like, nope, I, nobody understands me. I'm going to die in here. Oh my God. And like they get all fucking mopey and I'm like, oh, I don't give a shit about you anymore. And he keeps doing this thing where he like does this giant build up mm-hmm. and then the, the turn or the reveal or whatever is just not satisfactory at all. It's it's just it's it falls totally flat. Like the character that we kept waiting for. Um, um, um. I don't even. I'm not. I'm totally checked out. It's the one that they keep referencing, but we never see right, her. We, and then and she's only in one issue. She's in one and issue, then she and she dies herself. at the end of that issue. Oh, and she. You know what? She spends the whole issue just lamenting. Crying. And you know what? She's and lamenting how pretty and talented she is, and how nobody can see past her she, prettiness and she her spends talent. The whole whatever. issue being like, I'm so good looking. I'm so gifted and talented and I live a blessed life. I want to die. And I was like, I give no fucks about this character. It's just whininess. <gasps> but here's the other thing I wanted to point out to you. And I wanted to see if you felt the same way. The characters that I actively dislike, the bitchy characters, the shitty characters who mm-hmm. suck continually get rewarded and keep getting more time on the stage mm-hmm. the whiniest most like wallowy lamenty characters mm-hmm. become major players or the super bitchy characters who are always like unpersecuted get to be gods i was really mm-hmm. bothered by that whole um the norns that really bugged me because i felt that it's the it's the the trans girl and her two like and they all wear all black and they're kind of like emo and they're like oh you're just an asshole and they all have that like angry feminist vibe uh-huh they were, to me, always very irritating characters just because of their, like, intellectual Superiority snobbery. Yeah, comes, and they're always yeah. like, go fuck yourself. I can, you know, like, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. And what happens in the latest issue? They become a major player and get rewarded by being gods. And mm-hmm. what do they do once they become gifted? They do the same thing Inanna does. It, it was a, it's not Inanna. It's, uh, fuck, who's that girl? I don't know. But they do, the, they do the same thing she does where they're like, 
I just went out and I performed and everybody loved me. They don't understand. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, God. Yeah. So, look, I mean, read this one. And if you're still, if you still want to hang on, I don't mind having one extra book on the, on the block, but Mm. this thing has just become for me, like, it's like we're dragging this dying dog along. Yeah, I really, I really think the thing that keeps me in Mm -hmm. this. Is it the mythology? No, it's, it's the character design. It's a bitching character design. The artwork? Yeah. Well, not the artwork. It's, I don't know if it's Gillen's character design or if it's the original artist Mm -hmm. design for these characters they're all awesome their their character design the 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 visual yeah yeah um and i still really want to know what's going on with this um woden character Uh, Uh, other the mask and i've been waiting for fucking ever for this like reveal of who the actual bad person is mm-hmm. i mean it's been dragged out like it's, six it's, we kind of figured issues. out that it's the uh, it's the old woman right she she's I the one who killed she's actually the bad person the old woman she's acting the old woman admit like she admittedly killed the two shooters and she, no she blew the judge's head up she's the one who framed lucifer so she's the bad guy right <sighs> I think the idea with this book is everybody's the bad guy because no one is understood and something. I don't know why I'm <laughs> hanging on to that. Um, anyway, ugh, I yes. should just I should just cut it because I just don't really should just pull the give trigger. a fuck. The speaking of uh, Woden, mm-hmm. did you, you? I'm assuming you read the issue. I read it before you, and I we went on a walk, and I just spent like most of the walk bitching about that one thing. But you got to the issue where Woden gives that giant five page speech on feminism, right? And then, oh God, I don't know. Oh, I'm sure you did because if you've read every issue, he he goes like, women have constantly been, and it's like a, it's literally pages upon pages. It's that gimmicky mm-hmm. shit where we just see Woden and he just keeps talking and nothing really happens. Right. But he gives a giant speech on feminism and why women have always had it hard, and why men are the problem, and why feminism is important. And then at the end of his speech, he goes, and I'm just gonna, you know, like. And I'm thank God I'm a man because I just don't give a shit. I don't give enough of a shit to do anything about it. And like walks away. And it was just that's that's that sort of like setup. And then you know no conclusion or let you down right. or whatever. Anywho, that's <sighs> the wicked and the divine. <laughs> Let's go to Big something. Big shit pile of a comic. Giant shit pile. We you know just can't like go. For you know what's re- you know what really so- I know we keep it's like this it. giant turn. We're just, just keep, snuggling it. We just, just can't <laughs> stop. <laughs> you think- <laughs> you think it's like a soap opera where we're just like Jesus the writing is so bad and none of these characters are believable can't wait for next week <laughs> it's not even that good though where everybody's like dating their sister or no, like, there's, has a secret twin yeah, there's none of that there's good, nothing compelling at all it's just whiny shit. people and we're just like oh the whining <gasps> it's the soft blanket of angst that I just settle into week after or month after month uh, Okay. let's move on to something that we like mm. Brian K. Vaughn's got himself a new comic. Yes. Paper Girls. Go. You, you're, oh my your God, discovery. It's, so it's your baby. Kick ass. Um, I don't know who the artist is that he's mm. working with, but that's what caught my eye. Um, I saw it while we were in Mississippi. I just saw the cover of it. And it I was looks like, like Becky huh, it does. That's what caught me. I was like, oh shit, Becky Cloonan. Which is not to detract from this artist. He has uh, his own distinct style, but it's it's sort of like that that it's got it's kind of It's the ink. It's the inking yeah, style it's, is uh, what it is. Cliff Chang is the artist. Hmm. 
So, well, yeah. Yeah, it's it is very reminiscent of like Becky Cloonan, mm-hmm. but you know what? The color, the, the color colorist? separation, it reminds me of Saga. Oh, oh my god, it's so good. Right? And and doesn't uh oh, so Matt Wilson, you're kicking ass. Matt Wilson does the colors? Yes. Doesn't um Fiona Oy. Staples do her own colors on Saga? I think so. Cuz I got to tell you the the color separate especially the color yeah, separation. Yeah, I'm pretty sure back, it's just the two of them. Yeah, it looks kind of kind of Saga-y, right? A little bit. Because, you know, I mean, maybe it's cuz we're seeing space and stars on page mm. 1 or whatever, but no, it is. It is very it, it's um, a little saga. It's like if Fiona Staples and Becky Cloonan had a beautiful, perfect baby. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Paper Girls is is uh, damn good. So, yeah, um, do, why don't you give us give us a, a plot synopsis or like you know what would the back cover read or whatever um, or the pitch? What would the pitch be? So it takes place in 1988. Yeah, which was I I gave it to Kate to read and she got to the last page and didn't understand. Damn it. Okay, spoiler alert. I'm going to ruin ish- the end of issue one real quick. Do you, want, do you not want me to do it? No, go ahead. Um, the last page of, of Paper Girls issue one is one of the pap- one of the, our titular heroes, the Paper Girls, um, is holding up an iPod. A little eye, oh, an iPod shuffle. yeah, yeah. But Kate completely missed that this was 1988. So she was oh. like, why does that matter? Who she cares? thought it was modern. <laughs> She's like, oh, look, an iPod. What the... So the people have an iPod, right. but it, once you know it's 1988, you're like, oh, this makes so much more sense. What's going on? Yeah, I um, would say, and you know what? It's crazy because looking only, back at this, did you notice on um, this page here where the she's Monster just Squad leaving her house on the bicycle? One of my. I just thought, oh, it's a shooting star in the background. What is it? It's totally like a spaceship landing or something. Oh, dude. oh, 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 yeah. So. Oh, man, that is good foreshadowing. Um, I should go and read this again. Okay, so anyway, our main character, her name is Erin. Okay. um, And she is a paper delivery girl. She's 12, right? 12 or 13? Uh, Yeah, kind of young. When the the teenager asks her how old she is. Oh, uh, yeah. He's Grass on the field. He's creepy. Gross and creepy. Yeah, it uh, it kind of falls. It's literally about, like, paper girls. Four paper delivery girls. Paper delivery um, girls. Who, in the first issue, meet for the first time. Uh Uh-huh. And are kind of thrown together in this very weird... It's like of, the weird um, that one weird night idea. These, yeah. And these are very in in one issue. I'm blown away by the writing. I'm jealous of of his. I mean, he's been doing it forever. He's written right. hundreds and hundreds of issues of comics, but he's able to develop these characters so realistically and so nuanced and so mm-hmm. fast with so few pages. Oh. Well, this is actually this is <laughs> double though, right? It's this an oversize. A, yeah. I think it probably is like 30, 36 or 40. Okay. It is definitely so like bigger. One and a half but times. You know what, though? The issue two is, is just as big. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, what happens is. Um, I don't want to get. I don't want to give stuff away. Okay. Um, okay. We have to give them something to hook them. Like, what's the. What's the plot? Secret sci fi. It is. Secret it's, sci fi. It's a sci fi comic um, for sure. Badass chicks. Mm hmm. It's also kind of a love letter to 1988. If you look in the background, it's, yeah, it's very like nostalgic. They got Monster yeah. Squad. They've got uh, the, that was my big thing. They've got the poster for Monster Squad, and they've got they have a, a Freddy Krueger, teenage boy dressed as Freddy Krueger. Um, yeah, it starts on uh, Halloween night. Mm-hmm. So our, or that's our, the morning after Halloween, isn't it? It's November first. Well, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
And uh, the bad guys, when we were first introduced to them, you think that they're, they're the like teenagers. just late trick-or-treaters. Or oh, something. well, yeah. we, are, Roving around. we get a false introduction to our bad guys. We think that the, the villain of the thing is going to be these older boys. Oh. The older yeah. teenagers, like late trick-or-treaters who are, you know, they're, they're really out throwing toilet paper and shit like that. Right, drinking. But then we keep seeing these weird, like, hooded, mummy-looking ninja motherfuckers. Yeah, oh, I, I initially was like, ooh, it's like a, it's like a ninja. A comic or something. And then you see their eyes and I thought it was going to be a zombie comic and he Mm. just keeps on pulling Mm -hmm. the fucking wool over your eyes. Brian K. Vaughn writes, he writes the hell out of this. This is great. This is, I've enjoyed this issue one more than... Yeah, you don't even get like the reveal until three quarters of the way through the book. Oh, you're almost done. Oh shit. Something totally out of left field. Um, Dude, the, the cliffhanger at the end of issue two... Um, when we meet uh, the cigarette smoking girl's mom, her stepmom, mm-hmm. yeah, holy shit! Like he's he's the master of the cl- of the Dude, issue to issue cliffhanger. Everything about this comic is. I have enjoyed. Point. I have enjoyed that issue. This issue one is the best issue one I've read since Bitch Planet number one. For that's, sure, that's some high praise. Yeah, definitely. So, Paper Girls. Seriously, check it out. I clear my throat. Talk a little bit. <laughs> um, so, do we want to talk about Bitch Planet? I do a little bit. Okay. Um, I did write it down on the list. Okay. So. <laughs> we haven't check had it out an though. Paper Girls. Quite some time. I think um, they're, on, they're hiatus, on hiatus. Yeah. Um, to give the artist a chance to get some pages in the bank before they start publishing again. Almost all comics do this now. You know. Um, Ooh, you've got something to say. Go ahead and say it. Mm, um, I guess my my comment doesn't really have anything to do with the actual comic itself, which I am really, really enjoying. I, like, love, I love the it. characters. Big, I love the story. I love the, the setup. I love all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I think I really have a problem with Kelly Sudeconic. All right, go ahead. Um, I think I I don't like her personally. I don't think. Um, uh, I don't know if I like any more the uh, the articles that she puts in, in the at back. the end of the comic. Um, there was recently like a some sort of Twitter thing or an interview or something that I um, was it the Mary Sue? Yeah, that I saw in the Mary Sue, um, and it was just her like angry feminism and this is why I wrote Bitch Planet because fuck men. <laughs> Basically. She's paraphrasing. That's not exactly what Kelly Sudeconic said. Burning pictures of John oh, Lennon and shouting down God. all things phallic. No, um, it was not that. But yes, it was very aggro. And I, I, I love the comic. I totally do. Yeah, it's um, excellent. But I think that... Um, isn't Bitch Magazine the one that she um, kind of works with in the back of the uh, comic? No, that was one of uh, two of her. Some of the writers. Two of the were... writers who have contributed essays have written for Bitch. Okay. And I listened to the the. It's called Bitchcast. I listened to the the Bitch dot or Bitch Magazine's podcast for about a month, and then I kind of had to stop listening to it. I think I've explained why before, but. Uh, this is this is a can of worms. We don't have to go super deep. We don't have to do an yeah. hour on it. But I would like to talk about this if you're okay. game, because this this is a very um, very multifaceted. And, and we can, there are some we can, other things that sort of tie into this for me. Yeah. Um, the bitch magazine, um, bitch cast, um, 
there was a, a Facebook group that I was a part of for a while. Um, and I guess at the root of it all is, is angry feminism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I'm a feminist. Yeah. I, yes, just all of the yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess the, the real problem with feminism is, is people. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a good thing, and so it's like it, communism. We need it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, but like people like Kelly Sudikonik, um, the people that write for Bitch Magazine, um, the people that were on this Facebook group, I understand why people are angry. Mm. I, women are angry. Um, I understand that they're uh, vengeful and wrathful. Yeah. Um, but I just can't do it. I can't, I can't read it. I can't be involved with it. I can't. I just cannot do it mentally and emotionally. Okay, because though, that's the thing. Because it can't. I, I know it's more than just a like. Oh, I don't want to deal with these angry people. You have. There's. There's more there. It's. It's not that I. I can't do feminism. Obviously, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm gonna do feminism. I'm gonna be a feminist. I'm gonna. Alice Snively you know. explained to me for the first time what what feminism is. The the feminism that you kind of um that that is your idea of feminism as well Uh she was the first person to explain it as it's a woman's right to do and and kind of behave or or be whatever she wants to be because it's her choice and i -hmm. think that this new brand you know like if she wants to be a stay-at-home mom who wears pink and watches martha stewart and that's what she wants to do then she can do that that's okay we have to respect everyone's decisions and i think that this Maybe it's yours too. It sounds like maybe it is a little bit, but part of my problem with, I'm, I'm going to call it the angry feminism or mm-hmm. even new feminism, because it is really seeming to gain it's, in spectrum is it's more about, about like judgment and telling, telling women like policing. You, yeah. It's policing. It is Good about word. policing. Good word. And I've noticed this in a lot of things lately, not just feminism, mm. um, where everybody has to have their own way of doing whatever it is, of doing feminism, for instance, and then saying my way is the right way and everybody else has to follow my view of this. And if you don't, go fuck yourself, you're wrong, you're horrible, you're the worst thing that there ever was. I think Mad Max was kind of a crux as well for me, that Mad Max movie, which Mm -hmm. by the way, we didn't do a podcast afterwards, Fucking amazing. Jesus, we didn't? We did not. If you have not seen <sighs> Mad Max Fury Road, I, everybody listening to this podcast isn't going to have the stupid problems that we're about to talk about with it. We'll fucking watch it. Oh my God, it's amazing. Here's the plot. <clears throat> Some people are dissatisfied with where they are. They drive to a place that they think is better. When they get there, they decide that it's not better and they drive back to where they came from. That's the whole plot of that movie, and yet... You leave out all the nuances. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you, like, basic plot, that's what the fucking movie's about. But, dude, from from the first frame of that movie... You I are, was all in. You are on the edge uh, of your seat, just like like panting, like a like a like a hyena watching it. It's amazing from start to finish. Every frame is perfect. That movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> so, online, oh. what was it? Um, 
uh, return of kings.com they were the first people to Probably. criticize it right okay was, oh. return of kings are men's rights activists oh, like. <laughs> i'm so glad you're laughing because that's like the most absurd thing that i can't even i'm sorry i can't even get through that sentence <laughs> Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, anyway. Yeah. That you, a man, are laughing about that shit. It's just, fucking ridiculous. It's, Look, I was born, me and Sam talk about this all the time. And, you know, it, it's, I, I, I'll, I, I will admit it. I'll, I'm not one of those people who's like, well, yeah, I'm not going to be quiet. That's not going to, like, pee. No, she's fine. She, I okay. took her out. Um, So, like, I, I'm not going to be quiet about it. I'm, I'm okay with saying this because I, I think it's important. It's important to acknowledge. It'd be shitty of me not to acknowledge. I was born a white male to a middle-class family in America. I'm, I won every lottery you can win. I'm one of the luckiest demographics in the world, right? I don't need anybody advocating for my rights. I'm, I'm doing fucking fine. Thank you kindly. Um, so this like, and, this, and your cisgendered, able-bodied, yeah, intelligent, I'm, I'm, I'm straight, I'm straight cisgendered, intelligent. Like I, I couldn't have it better. You know, like, I don't need anybody out there being like, well, you know, your wife has a mohawk and that's wrong. She should, her hair should be long. She should be pregnant and she should cook for you. I don't fucking need that. So this men's right garbage is, is exactly that. It's garbage. So returnofkings.com posted a review of Mad Max where they were like, don't go and fucking see this. It's a feminist movie. It's disempowering to men. Okay. Fuck it's, Charlize Theron. Yeah, she's the devil. It's Mad Max. It's not. Fuck. Yeah. It's not Mad Max tags along as Furiosa, like stars in her movie, you know, man. Mm-hmm. It's And then like, okay, it was a huge article. You can go read it online. I won't even po- bother posting it because who fucking cares? No. But like, it was very, it was like an anti-feminist review where they were like, this movie like celebrates women too much. A week later, and feminists. Is, oh my god! Yes. A week later, feminists like the 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 angry feminists, the new feminists, right? Angry feminists <sighs> isn't even the right word because I'm gonna call it new feminism because there's okay. been it's it's there's been an evolution. It's no longer about like we need to respect everybody and everybody. You you need to get just you have permission to be you. Now it's mm-hmm. you have permission to be the you that I want you to be or that I think that yes, you should be. You hit the nail on the head because I was just thinking. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a feminist and being angry. Right. I mean, that has you, its place and you it can has be, its purpose. And, you know, I understand the anger of, of some of, of women. I sure. do. You know, I mean, I, I haven't, you know, obviously I haven't experienced that. I've just been over here, like, you know, gathering gold that's raining from the heavens <laughs> on my cisgendered <laughs> throne Straight. where I sit. Yeah. Um, Male. <laughs> um, but, you know, like, and I understand, like, if you look through women's history, it's, it's, it's kind of shitty, but... This new feminism is what I mentioned earlier. So the this uh, are, I can't are, remember. Is it spelled N U new? Yeah, like it, new exactly. Metal? It's like new metal. <laughs> it, it's just as angry as new metal, <laughs> but um, <laughs> just uh, as pseudo fascist as well. New metal has a lot of fascist overtones. Music of the American Nazi Party, um, but or maybe that's industrial. I don't want uh, I don't want the metalheads getting on that at me. But anyway. Um, a, a feminist site. I cannot remember which one it is. I really can't. I'm. I'll. You know. I'm not gonna look it up because I don't care enough. But you guys can. You guys can find all these reviews online. They're really funny, especially if you read them back to back. The the feminist review for Mad Max was like, 
don't go and see this movie. It's an anti-feminist piece of bullshit where Charlize <laughs> Theron is not really the hero because she couldn't have done it without the help of a man. So and she's acting like a man. She, yeah, she's she's violent. violent and she has short hair. She uses guns. She's just a stand-in she's for. She's really a, a man. She's a male fantasy. She's a <sighs> false. You know, she, they're basically saying she's not a feminist hero because she's just acting in a traditionally masculine way. She just happens to be a woman. So both sides hate it because they think that it represents the position of the enemy or whatever. It was the most fucking ridiculous thing ever. And this is just a this is a Mad Max movie. This is a great adventure movie with the best car effects I've ever seen. All of the effects except for the standstorm people have pointed out. You can't do that practically. Right now. There is some small amount of CG. Charlize Theron's arm is CG yeah. a lot of time, but you can't notice it. It's the, that CG they, is They leave great. it out of the shots a lot, too. Yeah, they, they did creative shooting to hide it, but that, <clears throat> that was really well done. The arm CG was mm-hmm. great. Yep, and, and I'm sure they have a mechanical yeah, that one. Yeah, that she works, but, yeah. you know, when she's got her arm taken off and, you know, she's got right. her stump, that's obviously mm-hmm. CG. And the sandstorm is, of course, you'll you, if you watch it, you'll see it. The sandstorm you know is CG. That actually was one of my favorite <laughs> things about the movie is how creatively they shot to no, avoid no, no, the no 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 um I, I mean as far as um her character is concerned yeah. i really thought it was cool that she wasn't you know perfect yeah that she had she an was injury. missing an arm yeah. that she either was born without it or lost or it. had it amputated mm-hmm. um i just i thought that was really really cool yeah that showing that um making a hero who has a quote-unquote or a disability if you want right, to say yeah, yeah. that was you don't see that very often no um no. I, that, I mean, honestly, that was one of the things I liked about House was that they used his um, his cane as a metaphor. You know, mm-hmm. he had an injury, so like his his injury would often metaphorically play into his psychological problems mm-hmm. as well. But no, Mad Max. Um, oh shit! What was I gonna say? Fuck! I completely lost it. Anyway, oh, all of the effects in that movie are practical, right? All of the car stunts, all the explosions, the dudes on sticks, like oh waving God. around in the desert. I want to be that guy. That's all actual practical effects. It's incredible to watch. Like when you see a movie with CG effects, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it. You don't. It doesn't take your breath away when you mm-hmm. see a practical effect on some gut level. You know, you know, you know it's you practical do. because it blows you away. You're like. That is fucking amazing. And if you see it CG, you're like, well, oh, that's kind of cool. But it's it's an incredible film. Mad Max is it's great. It's beautiful. It's well scored. It's incredibly well written. Yeah. So whatever. The if you old, haven't watched it, shame on you. Go and watch it. We bought it on Blu-ray, I think like an hour after it was on shelves. Yeah. The and day we watched out, we it, it. I think we watched it four times the week we bought it too. Oh. Twice. We actually watched it twice in two days. Mm-hmm. We watched it one night at camp and we watched it the next morning I while we had breakfast. I seriously watch that movie every day we, and not be bored. We, we probably watch it right now. <laughs> we <might. laughs> do a, We could do a commentary track for Mad Max after this. <laughs> post it. Oh my God. Post it next week. There. We'd have two podcasts <laughs> in the bank. Fucking A. Besides, I love sitting here with microphones and talking at you. No. Okay. Okay. Um, but we talked about Mad Max to express this new feminism thing and I right. you did not actually get to um expressing why you have a problem with this new one. I cut I cut you off and we went on a little <sighs> Mad Max journey because that movie rocks. But um I didn't mean to derail you. If you gotta take a second to get back there. I really do oh wanna God. do wanna um, hear your opinions of it. You you were on a Facebook group and you were saying that you couldn't you couldn't deal with it anymore I, and I wanted to get your okay. deeper meaning why. Yeah. Um and like I said earlier, you know, uh, angry fem- feminism has its place. Yes. Um, I think it's 
something that's necessary for the evolution of uh, society. Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't deal with um, the people in this Facebook group. So I had to, I had to quit it. Like I thought when I joined it, oh, awesome. A, a group for me, a, a group of like-minded women mm-hmm. joining together, um, being a force for positive, positive change, change together as a unit. Yeah. But m- more and more as I, uh, as I learn about feminism, as I, uh, kind of explore feminism, mm-hmm. um, I, it really seems to me that it's a very splintered, um, very uh, kind of infighting group mm. that they really don't like each other. Um, yeah. Uh, and it makes me very sad. I had to. I had to leave this Facebook group because the anger and the hatred were making me depressed. Yeah. Like and, just seeing And the, it was, their was it all was it all anger towards like oh men or blah 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 or was it like well no your views are wrong was it anger it was, was it, it was, self attacking anger or was it all outward It wasn't women fighting within the group mm. it was women um fighting other women on social media it was women uh fighting men on social media it was like it was everybody just kind of um saying my view of feminism is the right way. Yeah. And I'm going to nitpick every single thing that you say and do. I'm going to go pick fights with people mm. for unwarranted fights. And they were fighting other women. Other women, men. Mm. It, it didn't matter. Um, posting like stuff that they had gone out and done like they'd take screen captures of it and post it Mm. to this group and say like oh look at me you know go feminism i called out this guy on whatever yeah and it just (sighs) yeah i heard a term the other day that this sounds like uh social brownie points Right, like, look at how great I am because of what I... The shitty bullshit Mm -hmm. that I did today. Like, this is not the way for feminism to progress. To, like, police everybody and make sure everybody is behaving exactly the way that you Mm -hmm. want them to be. Operating inside your particular box. Your, Your particular view of feminism. That's one thing that I've been kind of bugged by and you know like i've said it before i'll say it now i'm not i've always felt guilty about having uh even an informed opinion about any of this because like i said earlier i am part of the most privileged group on the planet so when i'm like well you know what really bothers me about this minority (laughs) it sounds very like like i should be adjusting my top hat and drinking tea out of a gold mug but um but the thing about it is men should be just as welcome in feminism as women, oh, I like the it, sound sh- of that. it shouldn't matter mm-hmm. because it affects everybody equally. Yeah. Um, you know, feminism uh, helps men mm-hmm. just as much as it helps women. Yeah. Um, and just this, oh, just all the hate isn't helping Mm-mm. anybody. No. So why are you doing it? Mm. I just, I don't know. 
I know. I can tell that you're a little bit. I'm getting worked up. Yeah, you're a little emotional right now. (laughs) (laughs) What What's really been bothering me lately is watching all of the. It seems like rather than, it seems like what we should be doing is trying to create an inclusive space. Right. Where everybody just simply, we're all operating as human beings and we're all operating as citizens of the world or all operating as whatever. But what I'm seeing more and more of now is the the specialization, the compartmentalization, and the boxing of groups. groups. Like now, okay, part of my, now this is maybe a controversial position to take, but this, uh, you know, like, okay. The compartmentalization of specific sexualities is one mm-hmm. thing that I now I'm, I'm I don't have an issue with it because I'm like whoa that sexuality is fucked up and I don't want it I'm cool I mean you know me I'm mm-hmm. okay if you if you fuck trees if you're you know a den- <laughs> if you're a dendro if you're a dendrophiliac and you're out there rubbing on a tree dude more power to you I will high five you and if you want you Splinters. know like yeah but like I, you know I have I have no problem with it. I'm extremely fluid about sexuality. I'm totally cool with it, but when you're maybe not personally, I'm not going to be like yeah, you know. Just like, I want to. Uh, I've always wanted to try fucking a knot hole. <laughs> oh my god! I saw Ow. a video at work yesterday of a girl snorting a condom up her nose and pulling it out her mouth. Ew! Uh. Uh-uh. It's fucked nope. up. Okay. Anywho, um, I what I do take an issue with is like okay, I understand for basic communication purposes, you know, we do have to have terms and words for these kind of things. Like, uh, like men who like to have sex with men are gay. I understand that women who like to have sex with women are gay. Cool. Uh, Or lesbian. Take your pick. But now once we start getting into, um, okay, you're transsexual. Okay. I'm, I'm still with you. I I get this, but like, we're now to the point where I've heard, I've heard terms like male centric, female, transsexual or female centric female centric male transsexual like or or like i understand asexuality I'm so lost. i'm just looking at you and words are coming out of your mouth and i'm like but okay that's my exact point is is people it seems like a lot of people have started creating terminology for not a group of people but almost their specific personal right, sexuality right. and creating a term so that the 20 other people or a hundred or a thousand other people can all be part of that group. And I'm like, we don't need more groups. What happens when you create tiny boxes and groups is you create a segregationalist mentality Mm -hmm. where it's like, ah, we are all part of this club and your club over there is your club. And you know, all of the cisgendered straight people over there, everybody's up in their tree house and it says, Blah, blah, blah only. Yeah, like no yeah. male-centered uh, right. female transsexuals allowed right. or whatever, you know. Um, right. So I feel like this hyper-specialization of groups mm-hmm. is a bad thing. I, I feel like it creates the treehouses, like mm-hmm. you just said. But I have I've said this to a couple people, sort of expressed this view, mm-hmm. and I've been called, you know, like that's a really closed-minded sexist mm-hmm. attitude. You can't just have... You know, well, okay, you can't just have men and women, though. You've got to have, like, you know, like, well, you're then you're not recognizing me as a person. I'm like, well, you as a person is not your hyper-specialized sexuality. You're so much more than that. You're a person. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't look at Rob and I'm not like, ah, there's gay Rob, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Rob is not his sexuality. Um, right. Just, like... I am not my sexuality. I'm not, uh, you know. Right. Uh, I'm straight Max. Yeah, I'm not like, you know, big dick sexual athlete straight Max. You know, that's. 
sorry. Okay. <laughs> I can, yeah, I can help. but you know what I, I'm I really, yes. Do you understand? I really understand. Um, by the way, I'd like to say this right now. I've been meaning to kind of ch- like throw it out there for the people who I know are listening because mm-hmm. they do listen sometimes. I would like to hear, um, maybe in the comments section or whatever, um, I'd like to hear from Alice Snively. I'd like to hear from Mariah Rosado. I would really, really love to hear Alan and Aaron's opinion on what we're talking about right now. And about the feminism aspect or the, the sexuality aspect or kind of ev- anything, everything, everything since we started talking about this this quote unquote new feminism yeah. or this like um, it's so th- complex. It, I know it's big. The the one that I'm kind of curious about on a on a personal level is the the boxing the tiny boxing of sexualities. Are are you more interested in the boxing of sexualities or how that affects the boxing of sexuality affects feminism or how feminism well, affects I know, I know these are all, I know these are big topics, but you know, we, I don't know. I'll, I'll be, I'll be as active as possible on the website and try and maybe be part of the discussion and like maybe get a discussion going. Um, the website, of course, being quillandfilmproductions.com. So I kind of wanted to chime in yeah, go ahead. to this. Um, sure. Well, really quick. Am I, am I being closed minded and sexist when I say that? Um, so I am. I, it, it doesn't. Everybody is. Uh, I mean, maybe. Okay. It, it it really isn't you. It's them. I'm being sexist because of them. You are being sexist because they think you are being sexist. Oh, I see. Okay. So. Uh, so they um, have. They made me sexist. I guess. Okay. Um. So, when I, I guess when I first realized that I also was interested in women mm-hmm. sexually, yeah, um, I felt that it was important that I told people, mm-hmm. hey, I'm interested in ladies too. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was really important that I give myself a label. Yeah. That I say, oh, I am bi. You still feel that way? Like you need the badge? No, no, absolutely not. And I don't think it's necessary that you come out to people or tell people. I I, I think I can see the psychological <clears throat> benefits of coming out. I really can. You know what I mean? But um, I mean, yes, I really understood it. When I came out, like I, I felt that I was being dishonest with people. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I don't think it's anybody else's business. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't, it's none of your business who I'm having sex with unless right. I'm having sex with you. You know? Oh, me. Oh, okay. Not you personally. <laughs> I mean, you. Generally. I was like, so it's, it's everybody's business when you have sex with me, but it's no. nobody's business when you have sex with other people. Because no. I might have a problem with that, actually. <laughs> Let's go back. No, um, I see what you're saying. But what I'm really, really quick, and this is the last thing I'll say, and then I'll just let you like roll, but because I just thought of this just now. But I think that it is unhealthy for us as a society and as a civilization or maybe even as like a race, like the human race, Mm -hmm. to walk around with these badges sewn on our jackets, you know? Um, Because it creates an us and them Mm -hmm. situation. Oh, totally. 
I understand that identity is important and that sexuality is part of identity, but I feel like this, the hyper compartmentalization is stars upon bars, sort of that Dr. Mm, Seussian thing. I really think what happens is when people decide like, oh, you know, like, Okay, I'm doing it. I just realized how incredibly ugly this carpet is. This carpet is horrible. Um, (laughs) So, okay, well, you know what? I am, I'm a trans man who is asexual and that is, and I think it becomes, and that is all that I am. It's like, you know, the the joke about- People get so wound up. You know the joke about um, vegans are gluten-free people? No offense, Alice, not you, other gluten-free people. But you know the, the, <laughs> the joke about them, like, people? how do you spot a vegan? Don't worry, they'll tell you. They'll tell you. Yeah, yeah that sort of thing. Um, I think that that becomes... Yeah, in? you can let her back in. We'll just have to kick her out in three minutes. But um, I think that that's what happens with this sexuality thing. Hi, Keep her babies. away from that power strip. Hi, baby. She'll turn Come this here. off. She'll turn yeah. it off. Is, uh, we'll get... We get people who are multifaceted people, who are people of of depth and variety, and then one day they just become their sexuality. They become, you know, a, a, anyway, go ahead. Do your thing. Do you want to move on now that she's back? I don't um, think we can have nuanced conversation no, um, anymore. Um... I since that point when I came out, which is what three or four years ago now. I think four, yeah. Um, I've really realized that it doesn't matter to me um, if people know, um, if people know what label I have chosen for myself. Um, it doesn't matter to me if I have a label. Um, I, I really have sort of um no I don't I don't really know if I think of myself as bi yeah or if I think of myself as uh, pansexual um pansexual as in are you like uh, would that mean that you're attracted also to like uh, trans men trans women um um uh, like people with disabilities asexual people all races people with disabilities and race that doesn't come into it at all it doesn't um, for pansexuality no no oh um it's just all it's sexualities. like saying all of your genders whatever they are mm-hmm. i'm interested in you okay um because i've sort of come to realize that i am attracted to people on a, a personal level and it Rather than just an aesthetic Right, level. like I, you know, whatever your gender identity is, your sexual identity, you know, my attraction to you isn't based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think that I was only attracted to people who were sort of like, I am definitively masculine or I'm a definitively feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've come to realize that I don't really have a label for myself personally. Like, I don't care to be put in the bisexual box or the pansexual box mm-hmm. like don't label me i don't i don't label myself anymore that um, makes you a sexist i'm kidding huh? <laughs> i'm kidding because you, um, you get yeah because i'm a sexist because i don't like boxes and labels right anymore. um and i don't i don't care about other people's labels mm-hmm. i don't you don't need a label i don't think that you need a label yeah. you know if you feel that you need a label and that is important to you, then that's important. Yeah. Does that does that make sense? Yes, but um, maybe but I don't, don't think trump that it it's necessary on, yeah. for our interactions 
okay. our being a society. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we get so caught up in the my label mm-hmm. that that detracts from everything else. Yeah. So it's it really is. That's what I'm like, saying. Yeah. Um, thank you for chewing that on my foot. Um, yeah, I think I think the the boxes mm. take away. It's creating more divisions than yeah. it is creating unity. We mm-hmm. need to focus on creating a unity. It unifies small groups, but fractures us as a the larger as a, group. As yeah. A group. Yeah. So <clears throat> the this is not only like the sexuality discussion, but it's also the feminism discussion and just society as a large discussion. Um, hi. I did want to say this about Kelly Sue DeConnick before we got too far into being distracted by Trinity. Um, I, you know, at like lately, a lot of the stuff and especially the back matter and because I've been getting more aware of like the, the new feminism, the overtly angry feminism, the attack feminism or whatever, um, I've stopped paying so much attention to her as a person, mostly because she seems very aggro. And I feel in some ways that Matt Fraction... Whose writing I do not like. <laughs> I've never found a Matt Fraction book where I that I enjoyed. Yes. We should talk about the the feminist ideal character thing. Oh, the impossible oh feminist. Do we have it in front of us? Do we know exactly what it is? Anyway, um, oh. I feel like in some way I don't know. I don't. I almost don't. Maybe, and this is just a totally personal thing. And you know, whatever. It's my podcast, so I can say my opinions. <laughs> but uh, he he doesn't seem genuine to me. He almost seems like a fake person. You know, uh-huh. like he, he just like I, a cardboard cut out of sort of, sort of in a way sucks. His writing, uh, it's not, it's not amazing. You know, we're going to get into the comic book industry eventually. And like all these people are just, gonna, we're never going to get jobs. But one of the things I did want to say about Kelly Sudeconic is I love her writing on her writing on bitch planet. is it was really good, but her captain Marvel is also really good. Like as a, as a writer, as, and that was, I think that was one of the things that she, uh, she kind of, she said she wrote bitch planet as a reaction to the reaction she was getting for her writing on captain Marvel, mm-hmm. where they were like, Oh, well you're just making her you're uh, just an angry feminist. And she was like, well, no, this feminist. is angry feminism. And now we've got bitch planet, but mm-hmm. her, her writing, even on projects before this, it's not just this project. That's amazing. She's a very good superhero writer. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I've all, I've, you know, since that, I've, I guess I've only read two things by her, but I, I mean, I've read a lot of, of those two things. Um, I like her as a writer a lot, but I think when the politics become, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm Over, saying- Overshadow? I guess, yeah. In some ways, her personal, her her character, her, her, Kelly Sue DeConnick- Who is, she is, yeah. Is beginning to kind of bleed into her work a little bit. Not in the actual writing, but like my perception of her work is now being affected by the knowledge that- she is so deeply ingrained into this like div- divisive um, box creating megaphone shouting feminism and that's I'm not saying that she's like one of these people on the Facebook whatever who are like screenshotting like look 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 I made a man cry today woo I'm just saying you know like she seems <laughs> to represent sort of that front edge that sharp edge of feminism and it, it, it is coloring the work a little bit for me now moving on <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Sorry. I think I think we've talked that to death. To talked death, that yeah, in circles. Yeah. yeah. Stay away from that power cord. Um, saga. We haven't had an issue of Saga in months. Yeah, I think they're on a. 
hiatus, hiatus as well. So they fin- we just I mean I don't even remember what happened in the last saga. Do you? Do we even have the late? No, most it's probably issue? in um, one of those giant stacks that I've I feel not like yet it boxed. was like um, <laughs> the will. Is it the one where robot dies? Coma, <clears throat> yeah, and was all pissed off at um, Gwendolyn because and, his sister was dead, and he's like, "I didn't ask you to save me." Yeah, and, and he's just he's just all shitty because family his is, is dead. still separate and. I want more saga. I want more saga in my life. I just want more Brian K. Vaughn in my life. I know. He's such a good writer. (laughs) Ham-fisted segue to writing. Um, (laughs) What? I just, I I had to talk about the Invisibles Omnibus that I just got. I got it on Amazon for super cheap. I got free shipping. Brian K. Vaughn didn't write that. No, it's Grant Morrison. But I wanted to ask you, um, what, you are a big Grant Morrison fan, correct? Have I read anything? Well, you've read Arkham Asylum, I'm sure. Have you not read Arkham Asylum? I don't think so. You've never read anything by Grant Morrison? I don't think so. (laughs) Moving on. Jesus. (laughs) But you like him as a I do like him as a person. He's very interesting. He has interesting ideas. Oh, my God. You need to get on some... I got tons of it. I've got The Filth. I've got uh, Invisible's Omnibus. Uh, Arkham Asylum's right there. What else do I have by him? I've got... Oh, shit. I bought a bunch of... I've got uh, Flex Mentalo, Man of Muscle Mystery. I think you'd really dig that. It's very Hi, meta. Very, very meta. Um, all right, so yeah, I just... Oh, God. I guess we'll just skip all the rest of this then. Uh, you don't read Nameless. No. Nameless is awesome. It's. I think there's one issue left. Um, shit's getting real. Exo Manowar, consistently good. You're not going to read Catwoman until we have the whole, the whole f- plugged up. We did miss, I think, 10 issues early on in the run. So, go get it. But don't step on this while you go. Just, just relax, dude. Okay. Um, go ahead. Get it. Tokyo Ghost. I haven't read it. You've read it. Uh, so far, I'm enjoying it. Um, I don't know who's writing it. Do we have a yeah, copy real quick? Um, this is uh, Sean Murphy doing art. And I uh, freaking love his art. Rick Remender. Where do I know him from? Mm, Rick know. Remender. I think he wrote maybe... I don't know. But, okay, so Sean Murphy. Uh, of um, uh, punk, punk Rock Jesus. Jesus fame. And what else? He just did um, Chrononauts, too, with Mark Millar. Yes, which I also really Chrononauts enjoyed. was really good. Grant Morrison, by the way, and Mark Millar have a feud. Really? They've had a notorious feud <laughs> for, like, many, many years. Apparently, um, they're both from Scotland. They're both from, mm-hmm. I think, Glasgow. Um, and... Are they um, close in age? No. Um, Grant Morrison's a little bit older, but apparently Mark Millar sort of approached... This is as I understand it. Mark Millar mm-hmm. approached Grant Morrison uh, uh, when they were younger, and they sort of like were good buddies, and they were bouncing stuff off each other, and Grant Morrison you know, says that through a lot of Mark Millar's writing, all the way up through like Ultimates, mm-hmm. which I think was 2005, um, he was writing some of Mark Millar's dialogue and he was looking at scripts and he was fixing stuff and he was you know he was a Grant Morrison claims of course that he was uh, because they were good buddies that he was a big um, influence and he was like sort of an unseen hand in Mark Millar's success Mm. and once Mark Millar got that like sweet movie money going and started blowing up he uh, you know he just kind of Mark Millar wrote um Kingsman, right? He wrote Kingsman. Okay. He wrote Kick Ass. He right. wrote. Uh, he wrote Wanted. 
that one with Angelina Jolie. Oh, that's based on his comic as well. He, you know, he his comics have translated into big Hollywood money. He writes very cinematic comics, mm-hmm. and Corona Knotts has a movie deal now. Right. So I mean, but he apparently dropped his buddy Grant Morrison just flat once he once he hit the big time. He was like, all right, well, you know. It was good knowing you got fuck off, you know, and sort of like mm. peaced out. And Grant was like, "Whoa!" And so they, uh, yeah, they, I'm sure it's more complex than that. They, well, yes, I'm, I'm certain it is, and I've only heard Grant Morrison's side of it because I'm a huge right. Morrison fan. But uh, the Rolling Stone interviewer who talked to him is like, "Well, you know, you guys both live in Glasgow, so you think there's any chance that you'll uh, you'll run into him? You know, like you'd just be driving around and run into him." And Grant Morrison goes, "Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I will. I just hope I'm going really, really fast when I do." <laughs> So oh my. I know he doesn't okay. like him at all. Um, you got anything else on Tokyo Ghost? I have not read either issue. Okay. Uh, dude, Sean Murphy's art is amazing. I love his I love his art style, but I know you don't like him personally. I don't. He's Fine. very I think he's preachy. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> as a writer, as an Seriously, artist, he's awesome. Seriously though, like this is an excellent comic. Yeah. The art is gorgeous. Who's doing colors on this? Matt uh, Hollingsworth. Excellent. Yeah. There there are some really good colors on the comics we're reading right now. Um, Seriously, though, I think Sean Murphy's in my top five artists who are drawing right now. I think we've I've got Fiona Staples. Mm-hmm. I've got, um, you know, uh, Sean Murphy. Have you seen Jim, Have you seen um, Adam Kubert's work on DK3? I think I, I've shown it to you, right? Master Race. Um, where he's kind of doing like so. a, an imitation of Frank Miller almost. We talked about it. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yes, Tokyo Ghost. Uh, Tokyo Ghost. The art is excellent. Uh, storytelling is excellent. Um, I definitely feel that this is sort of... Um, the the plot is set in the future. Um, and I really feel that the way our, our society is going right now, mm-hmm. we could totally end up in this place. So it's a so realist. It, it, is it a post-apocalyptic feels, type deal or um, just a future of, I tale? I think there is some like uh, <clears throat> we nuked each other and blah, oh. blah, blah. I think there is something sort of like that or maybe like a world war happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's mostly uh, a technology story. What Can you give me like a basic plot overview or like what what is it kind of about? Um, You're holding issue two in your hands right now. Issue no, one. this is issue one. Is it? Yes. Oh, okay. Um, the main characters, there's a girl and um, her boyfriend. They grow up in the future together and um, they don't, they're not in, they're not, um, they don't do technology. They do, they're not like online at all. They don't do any of the the gaming, nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are sort of like a straight edge. Oh, okay. And um, they're bounty hunters or assassins mm-hmm. or something like that. It's kind of vague. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, the boyfriend character has somehow gotten sucked in to the technology. To the technology. Okay. And it's like a. Um, uh, like a Blade Runner level mm. of technology, like constant flow of information. Um, kind of also like Wally level, like oh, I see. Okay, like, like screens in your in. face all the time. Yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, and she is not. She's in. still out, and she she like go to try and rescue her boyfriend, or they're like a unit. Okay. Um, and. Uh, there's also like nanotechnology being talked about and like mm. um, how you can change your physical 
appearance, be more muscular, be faster, be smarter, whatever. Okay. Um, that's a little bit of an aspect too. Um, her main goal in issue one is to uh, finish up a, a job with this big CEO of something. Okay. And get out. Get out of the business. Retire. Retire. It, it, oh, out. so it's like a one last score kind of story? Yes. All right. Right um, and go to Japan mm. and get out. Japan is like this um, verdant, technology-free oh, okay. place. So she wants to go there and get out. Mm. So that's kind of where we start. That's This is our issue. And she's going to try and take her boyfriend with her. With her but and he's like now plugged in. Him. Oh, fucking A. That's awesome. So it's kind of, so, I love, I've always loved a good, like, futuristic sci fi type. Like, that's why I dug the Matrix so much. Yeah, it's excellent. Um, so far, so good. Yeah. So, Tokyo Ghost by Rick Remender and uh, Sean Murphy, Matt yeah. Hollingsworth on colors. So, you recommend it? Absolutely. Two All right. Thumbs up. I, but I mean, I freaking love it. I know so. you're not reading it, but I have to make a recommendation as well. Okay. <clears throat> and you're, you're a big, uh, you're a big fan of the low sale. Um, team ups, right? You you liked Batman the long I liked Halloween. I like the Batman, yeah. Okay, then I have to make a recommendation as well to our all of our listeners who read comics. Um, it is a mini series, so it's gonna end. I think it's only six issues, so you're not in it for the long haul. You can wait and pick up the trade, but whatever you do, you should definitely read this book. It's the best. It is a uh, uh, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale of, of course, um, Batman the Long Halloween, Dark Victory. Um, they did uh, Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue. Um, so this is their newest uh, Marvel color series. This is their take on, on Marvel as opposed to Batman. Or the DC. It's called Captain America White. Six-issue miniseries. Um, oh my, I'm on issue four right now. I have not read issue four yet. I've read one through three. This is the best Captain America story that I have maybe ever read. Like, and I really loved Mark Millar's take on Captain America on the Ultimates, mm -hmm. uh, where we get like World War One cap, you know, and we get to see him more like kind of updated. <clears throat> I see Bucky is involved. He is. This is the Bucky story. What they're kind of doing is Jeff Loeb wanted to examine. Uh, it's it's more it's it's kind of you know what it's like. It's kind of like Joe Kubert's Sergeant Rock, mm -hmm. but with Captain America in it. It's it's got Nick it's uh, Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Well, we get Captain America's origin story, not not his origin story, but how him and Bucky meet mm -hmm. and how he trains Bucky. And what we're really getting in here, which we've ne I don't think we've ever you know we've never gotten on this level with a Captain America story, is his relationship with Bucky. Mm -hmm. He's it's not a father son relationship because Steve right. is only like in his twenties. And Bucky's, you know, a teenager. So it's more like a big brother, little brother, mm. which normally they write like a Captain America as the dad and he's always scolding Bucky and shit. But Jeff right. Loeb has really managed to pull this nuanced, like big brother, little brother. They kind of bicker and fight, but, <laughs> and Bucky gives him shit and he's not like, oh, shucks, Steve, you know, like, why can't I go into the bar with you? You know, it's not that it's right. It's, like not the Batman Robin relationship. Yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's nothing like that. It's not like stern Steve Rogers and like mm -hmm. whack. Bucky, it's really so far been a really a pretty realistic, and you, you you know what's weird is you were getting a sense of how much these two care about each other as well. Like uh, at one point, I think issue two or three, a plane crashes, 
and uh, Steve goes under. He's knocked out. He's underwater. And uh, Nick, they they hook up with Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos, <coughs> which is cool to see Nick Fury without an eye patch. <coughs> and oh. they they even make a joke about it at one point. They they dress up as Nazis <coughs> to walk through. Um, uh, I think they're in France, and they're going through Nazi uh, occupied France. And as they're disguised, they beat up some Nazis and dresses them. And the Nazi that Nick Fury is impersonating has an eye patch, so they put the eye patch on. So him. we have a white Nick Fury. Uh, yes, this is the white. This is white okay. Nick Fury. This is the original Marvel canon Nick Fury. Okay. Um, but of course, Fury bitches about, it and he's like, "Eye patches are stupid. I would never wear an eye patch." You know, and then we get we get some in, some in jokes. It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, we get some great fight scenes. Cool. But what's really what really shines here is Loeb and how Loeb and Sale are able to. Tim Sale's art is great. I just got to show you for a second. But like the way that they're able together, because they've been, you know, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale have been working together for years. For years. Yeah. They really have an interplay that is is kind of undeniable. I mean, like, look at look at what Tim Sale manages mm. to do. You know, like his use of shadow and, yeah. oh, it's phenomenal. But uh, the other really nice thing, I don't know if it, it's this way for all the Marvel books, but, you know, I bet you it is. Um, every Marvel comic you get, you get this uh, a bonus digital edition with the, your purchase of yeah. the paper comic. You could just get it online, but I like paper comics. Um, but I downloaded the, downloaded the Marvel app for my phone, and you get a little confirmation code, punch it in, and then you have the comic on your phone as well. Mm-hmm. You know, a phone is not huge. So I was like, who can read comics on a phone? But they have this, um, I think it's called like a guided reading mode. I showed mm-hmm. it to you a couple days yeah. ago. But you double click on this guided reading mode and it zooms to a panel. And then when you swipe right, it fades to the next panel. And it, I, I can't really, I can't figure out a good way to describe it, but it's like watching a movie version of a comic and you read mm-hmm. as you go. And it's, mm-hmm. for, the, for that technology, it's the first digital thing that you know like i hate the kindle i don't want to read on a screen mm-hmm. it's the first digital version of a of a print medium that i've been completely content with i'm totally happy to read <laughs> my comics on my phone so i cannot recommend captain america white enough it's it's really good and i think you should read it when i'm done with it don't okay. you dare read ahead of me though i'll kill you <laughs> okay um there's only one other comic on my list um and, and you know I'm, we'll just hit it real quick autumn lands it was called Tooth and Claw, and then it changed to Autumn Lands. Why are you sighing? Because I know that you like it. I was hoping that you would defend it, because I, I, I kind of want to hear... I want to know why I am not as blown away by it as you are. I mean, it's Kurt Busick, and who's the artist? It's good. The art is great. The art's great. The art is great. Um, and and um, I really enjoyed the story um, up until the last, maybe, this issue and the last issue. You don't like the... See, um, that's where I've been kind of getting into it a little, is the last oh, couple. Oh, really? Because to me, he's telling the same uh, scene, the same story over, over and, and over. And Benjamin Dewey is issues. the artist. Very good. I'd like to see him do some stuff that doesn't involve talking animals. You know, I, but uh, I, I think he's got he's got a good eye for like color and composition. I'd like mm-hmm. to see him do a, like a, a drama comic or something. So, uh, yeah, so go ahead. He's... Each issue is kind of feeling starting to ring the same to you. Yeah, we're, we keep um, we keep seeing the same scene. Yeah, like the build up <laughs> was good, mm. and then we got to it, and like it's taking forever just to get through this one event. 
Part of oh yeah, them on the ground in the Buffalo Army and all that. Right. Part of what I'm wondering is he. I think he's got the arcs plotted out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I think the end of arc one was they get rescued because at the end of the last issue, issue six, and now arcs are broken up in six issues by mm-hmm. most major publishers so they can print volumes. Uh. But at issue six, they get rescued. But I feel like they could have been rescued by issue like four. But he had to drag it out to hit that issue mm. six mark. So I feel like they, the, you're right. The issues have kind of slowed down. And I don't know. I, I didn't feel that way up until I think that one's seven. Mm. Uh, six and seven basically tell the same story. Yeah. I haven't read um, seven, but I'll, I'll try and take a peek at it today. I, I think I've read that issue. Yeah. Um, so up until then, like everything seemed to have a good pace to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't mind that it was sort of taking longer than maybe it should have yeah, or could have. not speeding along. Um, because I was enjoying the development of the characters, mm-hmm. especially like the peripheral characters yeah. who um, were not very important in issues one through three-ish, but then sort of came into the spotlight in issues four, five, mm. six. Yeah. Um, so I, I was really enjoying like meeting these new characters and seeing how all of these characters kind of interact. Um, and then uh, we come up to the great, like the climax of this arc. And it's just like, eh. Mm-hmm. It was, it was okay. kind of anticlimactic. He does like, there's the big fight. Scene like they could the have just taken army. six out and put seven in its place. Maybe. And just, and maybe like, this is, where when you're reading the trades, yeah, you read one through six, and then you get your new trade, and you're like, okay, where were we? Oh, and like a recap you issue almost. Seven yeah. four. Um, hmm. So I can kind of understand why it's doing that thing, but I'm kind of in a I don't really care about it right now kind of. So are are would we say that this is one that's on the chopping block? Um. I don't know if I'm to that point. I'd like to see where eight goes. Are you going to read one more issue of Wicked the Divine before we cut it? Because I was thinking if we could, if I, we, we just could, say we have this one, I'm going to read that one. Okay. See and we'll I make think. a call. And I, yeah, I'm because gonna, I'm going to call it. I think if we could create a little more space, uh, create just a little bit of space on um, on our pull list, and I don't want to add more books just yet. Like the goon just ran out, and I replaced that with Captain America. Mm-hmm. And once Captain America runs out, I know what I'm going to fill that void with, but. Mm-hmm. Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman is coming up. Ooh. So that might be one worth putting on the poll list. And if we get rid of, you know, Wicked. Well, I just added Paper Girls, so I'm not really looking to add anything else. Yeah, but I mean, it's Grant Morrison doing Wonder Woman. Anywho. Mm. Um, And that's where I'm going to cut it this week. Uh, Bird and I sat down to record yesterday for the first time since September. And those two months of pent-up podcast blue balls just busted all over the joint because we ended up with three hours of chit-chat. I'll post the second half next week where uh, you'll hear us bat around Marvel's kick-ass Netflix originals, uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. Um, discuss the cutting-edge 1994 classic basic instinct. Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone fuck each other raw. And uh, and generally bullshit and have a good time. Um, before I go, if you're not familiar with uh, Veruca Salt, uh, an alternative rock band from the 90s, I just found out about him yesterday. It was um, 
on rollingstone.com i think found a list of the, the 50 um, alternative bands from the 90s that would you know i'm a big fan of nirvana and mud honey and all that shit so i needed something new to listen to veruca salt check them the fuck out dude fuzzy female-led har- uh, uh, harmonic rock um God, just the the best that the '90s has to offer. The, the these chicks fucking rock. Been I've been spending their debut album, American Thighs. I think it's called All Morning. I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of it. Uh, check them out. In the meantime, I'm out. Take it away, Max's shitty guitar riff. <laughs>